And here we go, folks. We have to talk quiet. It's back with Inside Middle Tennessee. I don't think I can talk quietly, Jim. I'm a loud person in general. (laughs) You know what, Jim? We could have used that music last night. Yeah, you could have used it last night. Representative so-and-so is now standing up in the well. He's looking at the audience. And he's... He's opening up his binder. <laughs> this is Scott Nance Scott, on the call. On the call. On the call for the Masters. So anyway, one of the one of the greatest golf tournaments in the world that oh, everybody yes. looks forward to mm-hmm. down at Augusta, Georgia is going on right now. They had a great day yesterday because it was no wind and there's no wind today until the bad stuff blows in about 2 o'clock, and the players absolutely love it when they do that because they can predict ball flight. Yes. And go after go after. Have right. you ever been? I've been uh, four times. I've given away always, tickets, five others. I've always wanted to go. I've watched it. Every, like, that's like the thing. Like you, we watch it at our house, and usually we're at the beach this time of year, and so that's what we come in from the beach and watch the Masters. <laughs> Well, we're sitting there. Oh. I'll I'll tell you that uh, that <laughs> from a golfer's standpoint, uh, Augusta Nash- National is mecca. Oh and, yes, and and the thing about it, Sarah, is I've walked all over that course. It's like two hundred and seventy acres. You can't find a dandelion on it. No, no, it's I'm pristine. Serious. It's pristine. I mean that, that that sounds exaggerated. You cannot find a dandelion. It's so, unbelievable how groomed it is. I I either read something or saw something that the bunkers, the sand where the sand traps, they are not really sand. They're like quartz or something like that. There's like a different cons- is. different consistency. There, believe it or not, there is a quarry for for white sand. There's a quarry uh, in West Tennessee where they they um, they get this white sand and use it uh, for golf courses. Okay. Now I don't know if it comes from there or not, but I will sit here and tell you it is a it's a really really slick place. I've done a lot of photography in a lot of sporting events. I've been done a lot of college games. I've been in basketball arenas. I've done some pro games and everything else. But the Masters as a whole, is absolutely the best and most precisely run sporting event I've mm-hmm. ever been to. These people got their act together like nobody's business down there. I mean, it's, it's from yeah. top to bottom. And they purposely make everything uh, in reach of the common man. Their whole deal is about promoting golf. You can buy, you can go over there and buy a pimento cheese or egg salad sandwich for $1.50. And you can buy a, a beer if you want one for five dollars. Now, what do you think that would cost you at Turner Field in Atlanta? Oh, a lot, a lot more. Ten dollars per sandwich. But Ten dollars per sandwich, and it'd be fifteen dollars for a beer. I mean, it, that all that would cost you about twenty-five or thirty bucks. And I think you can order a box of their pimento cheese and all that kind of stuff Probably. to have a, a party, a master's party. Uh, one of my friends was talking about that the other day. It's and the grounds are so beautiful. Is, is Bill Murray still the groundskeeper? <laughs> it is gorgeous. Well, you start walking down, all of a sudden you hear Kenny Loggins. I'm all right. <laughs> so don't nobody worry about me. Uh, we'll introduce the players real quick because usually I forget to do that, and I've already done it. It's so, okay. It's so okay. I'm Jim Ross. I'm I'm kind of the. Uh, a zookeeper on here. We got Terry Wilcox on the board. Hey, and, hey. and thank goodness for Terry Wilcox because our show 
we hope, is not distorted like yesterday's was oh, yeah, in there, the worst way. Yeah, there were some issues at uh, the, the morning show yesterday, but they worked through them, and we had no trouble the rest of the day after it got fixed. Good. Thanks we to Ann Klein. Good. We've got uh, Representative Scott Sapicki here. He's battered and bruised and exhausted, and they've beat him up a little bit, but we're glad he's with us. Sheila Hickman and Sarah Elizabeth Hickman McLeod. Good morning. So we're good morning. all we're all glad everybody's here on a good Friday. It's good Friday, yes. I do know that First Presbyterian is having a noon service they on are. a good Friday. They always have wonderful Clinton yeah. week services and, and uh, Holy Week services. I just came from the Kiwanis uh, traditional observance of Good Friday at uh, St. Luke's Methodist Church. And we had a, a nice service and good turnout. I hope pretty good turnout. The weather is not good for turning out people, you know. No, sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, we had a, a meaningful service, and we appreciate very much the St. Luke people allowing us to use their facility. And we thank Brother Don Terry for orchestrating all that. Mm-hmm. It was a very good service. Well, a lot of the downtown churches usually kind of get together between uh, First Methodist, First Presbyterian, and and St. Peter's Episcopal, and they all kind of coordinate mm-hmm. uh, activities, and that's kind of a, a feather in their cap for doing that kind of thing. It's also First Fridays. That's right. It is. That's right. Now, this rain ought to be out of here, right? I, I think it shows and no. It looks like it's hanging on to there, me. There, there's going to be a storm continually brewing, but as far as the rain, I think it's supposed to end around noon, but it's going to be a cold, wet day, yeah, and tomorrow nice. it's going to be rainy as well, so, uh, you know. But they say Sunday's going to be really nice. Yes. Yeah, it's so. supposed to be, I think, 68 Sunday and sunny, so. That, that'll, so. that'll matter. Yeah, that'll matter, because everybody's got... <clears throat> New dresses, new no, dresses, there you go. everything. Yeah. What did y'all get, Ellie Grace? I've got to ask that question. Well, we got a, a bucket full of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we went, went last night and bought a bucket at Walmart. But I don't know. She may be listening, so. Uh, well, that's fine. Yeah. But the but, Easter Bunny is thinking of her. But she's got a go. new a new dress that she picked out. This is probably the last year I'll have her in a smock dress. I don't know. She's eight. Has it got goats on it? Nope, got bunnies on it. <laughs> got bunnies on it. It's twall. It's twall. White background with little blue bunnies. It's so cute. There you go. Well, her nursery was Peter Rabbit, so okay. if that tells you anything. Well, we got to see pictures, and so next week I got to bring pictures okay. so you can hold them up to the microphone. <laughs> so so everybody can see them. There you go. Yes. Can see them. yes. Well, I saved uh, all of Sarah Elizabeth's very fine dresses. I saved. I'm not sure why, but they certainly have come in handy. Oh, yeah. All of her lovely dresses that we had her picture made in or her Easter dresses, and, and I've saved them thousands of dollars because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saved those dresses. Well, we didn't know what we were going to have because that was that was the year after I had cancer, and we didn't want to find out what we were going to have because we thought that was the only time I would be able to have a baby. And uh, when the doctor told, I thought, Ellie Grace was a boy the whole time. <laughs> what, the way she kicked? I was just convinced. I was convinced. I would not get to have a girl. God, you know, whatever, had different plans. And so, we, Sean and I argued the night before we went to the hospital. I We didn't have a boy name picked out, but we had had a girl name picked out for a very long time. And um, we had to pick a boy name, and we picked a boy name and went to the hospital. And Dr. Marchman 
delivered Ellie Grace, and she said, it, "Well, it's welcome Ellie Grace." And I said, "That's not right," <laughs> but yeah. it was. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, you know, God has a way of kind of giving you exactly what, what it is. Yes, that she you, was that, exactly that, what I needed. Exactly, need or want. I mean, I'm I'm the youngest of three boys. And well, really, the youngest of four boys, and uh, and I wound up having three girls. Yeah, yeah. it works like that sometimes. So, I, listen, I'm living proof that God's got a sense of humor, because <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. Though so we tried, we tried to sweat through it all. Yeah. And I'll, Scott, do you have any? You got any siblings? Mm-hmm. Four others. Four others. Oh, mm-hmm. are they all boys? Uh, you- no, I have one. I have uh, two older sisters. One younger sister and one older brother. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're all in St. Louis. So you're you're right smack in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you How have middle child syndrome. <laughs> uh, we were a, a, a typical Midwestern home. Dad worked. Mom stayed at home. Um, uh, I got, was got the fly swatter out after you. Uh, with the ball bats. <laughs> oh, that sounds uh, like fun. <laughs> There, there's a there's a tip right there. <laughs> yeah. um, getting uh, getting my mom. I mean, I mean, obviously, I was bigger than my mother, and you know, there was the days when you know that doesn't matter a whit. Well, there were, you know, there was a time when you know mom could could spank you and stuff like yeah. that, and then when she would spank me and I didn't care anymore, she had to escalate. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so the way the way she escalated was she didn't want to really I, mom didn't want to hurt me, but she wanted to make sure she got my attention. And so one day she got mad at me, and there was a wiffle ball bat I had laying there on the table, and she picked it up, and she smacked me in the shins. (laughs) And when she smacked me in the shins, if you can think about that, I dropped like a ton of bricks. (laughs) And you could see the look in her eye going, I got the bluff back on him now. At least for a little while. And there were were times that I would do things wrong. I know it shocks you. And, uh, And she would chase me around the dining room table. With the, with the wiffle ball bat, trying to get me because I was quicker than her, <laughs> and so it was. It's 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 funny now, but it was you know. It was, it well, it was serious business. Uh, when I would get in trouble, Eddie Hickman means business, and any of his ball players will tell him tell you that he meant business. But he was really rough sometimes. I I, got I would in cross Eddie Hickman for Woo! for anything. Lord Jesus, it was. And then my mom's mom, uh, uh, Granny uh, Mildred Martin Hutcherson. Um, she raised us with a fly swatter. Oh yes, and she had one, and and she had them hanging up. We were talking. My cousins and I were talking about that the other day. She had Granddad fixed this box behind the door that they put the mail in, and which and she had two hooks on the bottom, and that's where the fly swatter stayed. And when she went towards the back door to get a fly swatter, you best move because you're fixing to get in trouble. And we were all the victims of child abuse. That's right. It's amazing we turned out as well as we did. Well, I'll tell you you one that's good, and I know Sheila would uh, know a lot about this one, is that you haven't really lived in the South until your grandmama tells you, go out back and cut her a switch. Oh, Daddy talks about Granny making him do that. Cutting a switch. Because then it's double the punishment because you got to think about it as you go out there. And if you don't bring back one that's the proper size. You have to go again. Well, you have to go again. If she has to go out and get one, she's going to bring back. A two by four. A two by four. (laughs) And then you're really going to be in trouble. We are not. (laughs) Anyway. Now, Terry, I know that you were the ideal child, were you not? Well, you're probably right. So, <laughs> unless unless you ask my two older sisters, 
and said I was the youngest one. But then, 12 years after I was born, I had a little sister come along. Oh. And uh, so she she became the every, baby. The baby. And I, she got know. away with murder, didn't she? She got away that I used to get away with, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yep. All right, folks. Yeah. Uh, first Fridays, anything that uh, we're aware of that we that. Uh, well, I was just looking. Yeah, a lot of Easter egg hunts going on. A lot on of Easter around. egg hunts going on. Some band live entertainment. Hey, going I, I got on. a question for y'all. I just sure because yeah. when I go to Nashville, I leave it. It's it's night, and when I get home, it's night. Uh-huh. <laughs> what happened to the trees? Oh, uh, so oh that that that's a good point. So the trees downtown, um, the ones that were there um, have. They're they're starting to hurt the infrastructure. I would say infrastructure. Well, they're, like type of, they're a type of elm. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The, the like the root system and all that kind of stuff is causing undulation. Sidewalks, and stuff. sidewalks, and that kind of stuff. And so, uh, the city has been working on a plan for a long time to to work towards replacing them with trees that are more appropriate, more appropriate for downtown. They're also having a wreaking havoc on b- the buildings, like. Um, like awnings on the buildings and that kind of stuff with the droppings and stuff from the trees and and all that. So they've been working towards that for mm-hmm. a while. Anybody knows if you ever if you have a uh, a tree close to your driveway and if you park your car up underneath it. Oh yes. And then you go to wash it. That that sap, sap. will yeah. drop will get on and harden up and yeah. it's hard to get off. Yeah. yeah. And 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 you also like can, can see the business names sometimes because of the trees had gotten so big and. And all that. So. They were just the wrong kind of tree. Yes. No. So. Well, don't you wish they had figured that out the first go round? <laughs> well, I. Mm-hmm. Well, they've been in the ground twenty years or something like yeah. that. Yeah, they've been there a good while. Sometimes it's just the Murray County way. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> was, Not always. Was, was, was there was there no way to save the tree though? I don't know. I don't. I mean, I, couldn't I you have like trimmed it back and then dug it out and saved the trees? That made sense to me. Don't know. They may have done that, Scott. I don't, I don't know. I don't I know no what idea. they've done with them. I think they did that in Nashville a yeah. couple years yeah. ago. Yeah, they, 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 they moved they, the trees. They moved well, they've planted some kind of little wispy-looking something. I don't know what kind <laughs> it is. They, they're replacing 58 trees with... Um, with I'm looking that up right now. Maybe it's a privet hedge, so you can go out there and cut a switch. <laughs> oh, privet hedge! No, <laughs> but they I saw them yesterday. Apparently, as they took one up, they put one out, yeah. which is very good planning for whoever did that. Thank you. Best yeah. thing they could do. I tell you what, folks, we need to pay a few bills, and we'll be right back with Inside Middle Tennessee. One of our objectives at Caledonian Financial is to impact our clients and friends in a positive manner. Whether it's a friendly voice, a smile and a wave as you walk past our office, or supporting our community, the Caledonian team is actively involved through our memberships in Kiwanis, Rotary, Murray Alliance Circle of Excellence, volunteering in Boy Scouts and 4-H, serving on a variety of boards and more, we stay connected to Murray County. This is Daisy Cook with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Three, two, one. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Inside Middle Tennessee on Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM. These are words to work by. Supplies, solutions, support. Call clickranger.com or just stop by. With all the frills upon it, you'll be the grandest lady in the Easter You know, our goal, Sheila, a lot of times on this show is to see if we can get Sarah to tear up, and we come pretty close right there. <laughs> when you're raised by 
older parents and your great aunt who lets you watch Lawrence Welk and old movies. <laughs> and my aunt, my aunt Margaret, she's in heaven now, and um, she was my great aunt. She was my granddaddy, one of my granddaddy's sisters, and she. I got to spend a lot of time with her, and I know a lot of those old songs <laughs> because of her. So. A little little nostalgia will no, just I, absolutely I, just wear Sarah yeah, out. Yeah. Part of her cultural education. <laughs> yes. There you go. So the Easter parade uh, tradition dates back to the mid-1800s in New York City when the upper crust of the society would attend the Easter services at various Fifth Avenue churches and then stroll outside afterwards showing off their new spring outfits and hats. Um, Average citizens started showing up along 5th Avenue to check out the action, and the tradition reached its peak in the mid-20th century. And in 1948, uh, the Easter Parade uh, film was released starring Fred Astaire and Judy Garland and featuring the music of... Irving Berlin. Irving Berlin. So... And we just heard that in the title song, In Your Easter Bonnet, with all the frills upon it, you'll be the grandest lady in the Easter Parade. There you go. We should have that up down West 7th Street <laughs> with the three churches. Yeah. Well, either ought to have it on Mule Day. Yeah, on Mule Day. In the Day. Mule Day Parade. In the Mule Day Parade. That's Mule Day right. Parade. So anyway, I thought that was neat. And I'm, I also, I was trying to think about what to talk about and... What has always fascinated me is the Easter egg roll at the White House. I've always wanted to go. I think you have to get tickets now. Well, I imagine. Um, Security is tight. Like, three weeks ago, I was in D.C., um, and we went to this lovely restaurant that overlooks the White House um, and uh, at the Hotel Washington. Um, If you ever go, try to go up there and eat, or at least go look can look over to the white house it's it's really cool and while we, we were there in the evening and when we got ready to leave the motorcade came in and that was the first time i saw at and i've been to dc several times in my life and that was the first time i ever saw a motorcade a presidential motorcade pulling in like yeah. there they go <laughs> everything stops i'm curious how many how many vehicles oh my gosh at least 20 and wow. it, and then they had like an armored vehicle an ambulance several several Black yeah. Suburbans and all it so, um, and that was really neat. We were really excited to see that. We were on a work trip, so mm-hmm. um, we were really excited to see that. But the Easter egg roll um, began at one end of Pennsylvania Avenue and now continues at the other end. It originally was at the Capitol, um, and then uh, they would roll eggs on the Monday after Easter. Um, some believe that Dolly Madison first suggested the idea of a public egg roll. This is not the Chinese egg roll. <laughs> this is a public <laughs> egg roll. This is the actual rolling of the eggs. Egg. Um, while others tell of an informal egg rolling parties at the White House during President Lincoln's era. Um, but public egg rolling celebrations were held not only at the White House, but on the grounds of the Capitol. And in 1872, there was a press account about the Washington children of all ages joining together to roll the eggs on the congressional grounds. Um, Apparently, the children caused such a ruckus on Capitol Hill in 1876 that Congress passed the Turf Protection Law. To protect the area from children being... causing a ruckus, I can't imagine. They, they ruined the turf. They ruined the turf. <laughs> Only in Sheila's classroom. Though. 
I'm gonna. I did not look up the turf protection law, but I'm gonna look that up just for fun. That was something they really needed to consider. Scott, have y'all thought about a turf protection rule at the capital and Scott's got enough on his plate as it is. But anyway, so the event was rained out in 1877, but in 1878, the children were alerted by a small notice in the newspaper informing them that the egg rollers would be not be allowed at the Capitol that year. But either the angry, angry rollers rushed to the gates of the White House and demanded to be let in to roll their eggs on the president's lawn, or President Rutherford B. Hayes was alerted to the plight of the children and opened the gates to the South Lawn and welcomed all rollers to the end to his end of Pennsylvania Avenue. Anyway, the White House Easter egg hole was held on eighteen in eighteen seventy eight. But it has evolved and changed um over the years with different games and amusements in different years. Um near the end of the nineteenth century children played played egg picking, egg ball Toss and catch an egg croquet. <laughs> How would you do egg croquet? Hardball. Hardball, I guess. Really hard. It better be really hard. <laughs> I mean, um, in 1889, John Philip Sousa and the president's own Marine band uh, performed for the crowd, um, and they played very lively music for that, and that tradition continues today. Um, 40 years later, um, Lou Hoover, who was President Hoover's wife, instituted folk and maypole dances. Well. So, uh, to compliment the egg rolling. Bless those Hoover's hearts. We don't remember much good about that. In 1933, Eleanor Roosevelt greeted visitors and listeners alike for the first time over the radio. Um, So, it was broadcasted worldwide in 1933. Um and then they uh they introduced rolling the egg race with spoons borrowed from the White House kitchen. Can you I wonder imagine? how many of them made it back? I know. <laughs> I have a White House spoon. Um, <laughs> I would like one. Anybody have one in their collection, let me know. Uh subsequent celebrations included a circus and a petting zoo in in the nineteen uh, seventies. Um also Broadway shows and giant balloons in eighty one. There were egg pit hunts that were in 1981 that children would search straw pits for autographed wood eggs. That's kind of odd. That is odd. Uh, Presidents and families have long enjoyed this public celebration. Um, And then the white, one year the White House Easter Bunny was introduced. Um, It was uh, introduced by Pat Nixon. President Nixon's wife in 1969. Strict guidelines prohibit the bunny from being seen without his costume head, but the identity of it's a White House staffer that's usually in the bunny costume. But perhaps the most famous bunny of all was President Reagan's Attorney General Edwin Meese, the third, um, and so he was one of the famous Easter bunnies. Um, occasionally they have been canceled. The egg rolls have been canceled due to weather, times of war, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but they roll with wooden spoons, and about 30,000 participate each cool. year. Cool. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, it was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about a, 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 a bunny, and, and Scott, you know a movie that uh, sees how you like old movies. <laughs> oh. An old movie, black and white. Yes. That, oh, she knows. I love it. That, that centered around what? What wound up being a bunny? 
A what? A, bu- a movie. A, a movie. movie. About a bunny? Uh-huh. Yeah. It, but he's invisible. Oh, P- uh, Peter no. Rabbit. No, no. Harvey. Oh, Har- Harvey. 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 Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. And at I the just, very end, we I finally just, get to see him. I just love that movie. That- <laughs> I would watch that again. Yeah. <laughs> a puka. Yeah. So, so, so give me a quick answer to your question about the annual Easter egg roll to Capitol. It was it was stopped by William Holman, who was a legislator of the uh, from Indiana back in the day, and the Capitol Police issued a warning that it would enforce the new law to keep people off the grass for the annual holiday celebration. However, President Rutherford B. Hayes kept the tradition alive by inviting children to the White House lawn. And that's where it transitioned from the House to to the White House. You know, something uh, on the federal level that's always been kind of interesting is that the executive branch never misses an opportunity to snub their nose, thumb their nose at the legislative <laughs> branch. <laughs> you know? Well. So, y'all, so, talking about Easter and all that and everybody getting dressed up and everything, does, do y'all have a favorite Easter memory? Oh, Lord. You know? Other than you know me, I do remember getting bat, waking up and getting baskets. Yeah. Oh yes, with, the baskets with yeah. a with a chocolate bunny, and I was yeah. a chocoholic. Too. And, then, yeah. and then six months later, going to the dentist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they didn't tell you that story. That no. part of the story. No. Well, I think that I think that the local dental association funded it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're the they title a, sponsor. They yeah. have an interest in Russell Stoke. So when yeah. we were mm-hmm. we were in Switzerland during Easter uh, several years ago, which was really neat to oh, be it in the land of chocolate, water. Swiss chocolate for Easter. Uh, in downtown Bern, um, that's where Carol, my Swiss sister, lives. Um, people that know us, uh, we had a foreign exchange student through Rotary when I was in high school, and her name was Carol. And she, I still keep up with her. She and I talk every few months. Um, and, now, Bern is B E R N. Yes, B E R N. In downtown Bern, in one of the department stores. So it's oh, like it's downtown. Amazing. It's like three stories. Uh, and a basement. It has a basement. Um, they clear out their showcase window and put live bunnies in it, and the, and they have like little houses and all that kind they of. They have stuff. a television and that like a little small <laughs> like television in there for the bunny showing bunny like Bugs Bunny or whatever. Mm-hmm. But on Good Friday, everything closes. Everything closes, and but they give out the bunnies on Saturday morning. on Saturday morning from the window. Our so chicks are big on. Um, yeah. Yes, but they also turn it. Yeah, well, I've gotten years ago. They this was a terrible thing. They dyed those chickens all sorts of colors. And <laughs> down here at McClellan's, you could get a green chicken and a pink chicken, and then then we would take them home, and and they would grow up to be really mean. <laughs> <laughs> and we would take them to the farm. That I I can't remember mine being so mean, but I know one of my cousins brought her Easter grown-up chickens down there, and they were so mean. I think they came to an untimely death. They were, <laughs> well, Daddy tells about some that he got well, that they turned wound up into being in the roaster. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. turned into roosters, and they were terrible. Yeah, Daddy, yeah. Daddy says. But they, so. you know, that was not good for those chickens. No, <laughs> but they still did that when so I was cute. at Mister Hunter's store where the tag place. 
this is. Yeah, they had They them. had them when I was little. I remember seeing them in the window. Yeah, like, the Hunter Furniture Store. Yes. Yeah, where, yeah, and that feed, it was Parks Feed and Seed Store uh-huh. next door to Bob Hunter's. And they had, remember when they used to have sell the flowers on the square? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a big, well, that's where they had chickens and chicken feed, and it was kind of a holdover from an earlier time. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, there's a lot of things that, yeah. was a over <laughs> that have gone by the wayside. Well, I tell you what, we got a, a lot to discuss here in this last segment yes. with Scott. So I tell you what, we're going to break a little bit early, and we'll be right back with Inside Middle Tennessee. Let's face it, the world is constantly changing, and it is now more important than ever to take care of those who you trust with your business every day. Large and even international competition has made it increasingly difficult to keep your best talent. With Caledonian Financial's local business plan to help, you can give your employees a business package that is competitive and effective for everyone. I'm Thomas Sneed with Caledonian Financial here in downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Here we go. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news. We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back, but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled, but then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. You're listening to the best in news, talk, sports, and music on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia, Tennessee. 
This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. And we're back with Inside Middle Tennessee. You need to wear headphones, Mama, so you know when it goes to live oh, radio. Well, all right, I'll try to do better. <laughs> I, that ain't going to stop anything. No, it's not. It's not. You know what? You know, before you know it, Sheila's going to take over for, for the show, kind of like uh, some other things that have been going on. <laughs> but but uh, I'm, we're glad that we've got our representative here today. He's kind of battered and bruised and tired and worn out and exhausted and everything else, but he's here. So it was 10 hours yesterday. 10 hours yesterday. Let me, before we get to that, let let me tell you what we did this week on on things that are very relevant to Tennessee. Uh, first of all, Monday night, the Duck River Protection Bill did pass. Yes. yes. Uh, 79 votes. 79 votes. So we fought this through. Kudos to the county commissioners, Mayor Butt, uh, the City Council of Columbia for passing a resolution. Uh, all the all the citizens that came up there week after week after week and saw. It worked. And yeah. saw the battlefield that I work in up there. It's not It's not easy. Um, and uh, even on the House floor, uh, Representative Todd came after us, uh, accused myself and others of lying, and we pushed back on it pretty hard, in a respectful way, but pushed back pretty hard. And we, uh, we, won, we won that war to protect our water source in Murray County to make sure that we'll have a clean drinking water source in, in, in perpetuity going forward now. Uh, the Duck River will be protected as one of the most biodiverse rivers, not only in the United States, but in the world. At least going through Murray County. At least going through Murray County. And that's, that's those that's are the people that I, I represent. Yeah. So hopefully other people downriver and upstream will start to take a look at this, and maybe they start to affect those changes also. So congratulations to Murray County on the hard work that we were able to pull this off. And and um, and it was a very good victory for, for people, not only here in, in Murray County, but across the state. Uh, we also passed the Taxpayer Protection Act, uh, sort of. Uh, what it does is, uh, this is from the governor, it exempts 140,000 small businesses from the business tax by raising the threshold as who is subject to business tax from 10000 to 100000 So small businesses will keep more money that they'll be able to reinvest for employees and expansions. We're going to reduce the tax rate for businesses falling in the highest tax brackets to further foster economic stimulation, attracting businesses, and create more high-quality jobs. Those corporations that are in the highest tax bracket employ the most Tennesseans. So we want to have make sure that they can keep money, too, so that they can expand. Instead of building a plant in another state, they can build them here because they're getting better tax breaks and therefore hire more Tennesseans into these high-paying jobs. And then um, uh, lastly, we are doing it. This is for every, this is for everybody now. Creates a one-time three-month food sales tax holiday in August, September, and October of this year. So last year it was one month. Yeah. This year it'll be three months, and we're monitoring how this affects our budget. And as long as it really doesn't have too much of a negative impact, my gut feeling is in the next year's budget, you'll probably see that expanded to four or five or six months. Oh, well, let's our, get it out our goal, our goal is to eventually eliminate the food tax in Tennessee. Well, you just cut the price by 10%. So that's, <laughs> that's, and, yeah. we need, and we, and we yeah. need it right now. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one of the things we did. The other thing we did was, uh, and Sheila will like this one, we'll talk about this one. And I'm going to do this from memory because it, it it's a blur yesterday. But um, <laughs> we passed a bill on school safety. Um. It requires public schools to basically make sure that their doors have locking mechanisms on them, 
outside doors have locking mechanisms on them Good. that that they have to have higher security uh, of uh, the bulletproof tape or, or, or the bullet resistant tape you call it ballistic tape. ballistic tape that you put on on the glass mm-hmm. so that the bullet would go through it but it would not disintegrate the glass so you can gain entry yeah, tempered glass will will crumble. Right, and yes. so the problem we had with the Covenant shooting, as everybody saw in the videos, when the when the shooter could not get in by pulling the door, she shot the windows out. Yeah, and when she shot the windows out, mm-hmm. now she got entrance in, which made the school vulnerable. Everything we're going to do in school safety on the buildings is to try to harden the facilities to keep the shooters from gaining entry. That's the clue. That's, that's, the, that's, that's what we got to do. That's it. Uh, putting uh, uh, and um, Representative Powell, very rarely you see it in the House, we put a floor amendment, a untimely filed floor amendment on the bill. And what he said was he thought it would be good. Other uh, Florida has done this where they put uh, panic buttons in various places throughout the school that when something happens – if you push one of these panic buttons, it not only alerts law enforcement immediately, but what it does is it tells everybody where the threat is. So instead of trying to figure out where the threat is, when the panic button is pushed, they know what part of the school to run to as law enforcement to go try to try to stop whatever the, whatever the problem is. Um, we are also putting money into budget, $140 million, that we will have an SRO, an SRO, which is a deputy, in every school in the state of Tennessee. Well, Public we school. were one of the first states to get into that. What we're going to ask, and what I'm going to ask the county commission to do, is don't take the money away from what we already right. fund for schools for SROs. And I talked to Sheriff Rowland about this, and hopefully they'll be on board with this, is draw the additional money down and, and put another SRO in each one of our schools on top of who we already have to provide multiple layers of protection so that if we have an SRO in one side of the school and another side of the school, the response time to any type of problem is twice as quick. Yeah. Because we all know from looking at, at, at the data, these shooters are done in minutes. Yes. Oh, in yes. minutes. Because the children or, or the people in the school get out or lock themselves away where they can't get to them. What the, shooter, uh, what the shooters are doing from what we're being told by TBI is it is within two and a half to three minutes, and that's it. That's yeah. all the time you have. The shooters at the, that the law enforcement officers from Metro Nashville did a tremendous job, and we all saw the body, the body cam foot, footage. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. They went in, they found the, the, the suspect, and they neutralized the shooter immediately. That was 13 minutes. Yeah. yeah. The shooting was over by then. So we are trying to figure out ways. So law enforcement, our SROs in every public school, we are also going to provide grants for private schools to partner with local law enforcement to help them get additional security for our private schools too. That should be done. We're also going to provide money for, for private schools with no strings attached. They want to hear this, that they'll be able to pull money down to harden their facilities. And here's, here's our thought process. It doesn't matter where these children go to school. No, they're... They are Tennesseans. And we have an obligation as a General Assembly to provide for the protection and welfare of our our citizens, no matter where they go to school. And so we we have the money to do this. We're going to make sure that wherever a student goes to school, they will be safe. And money will not stand in the way of them being safe. 
Well, we have the money to do it. Yes, we do. The money is there. Yes. And let us hope and pray mm-hmm. that those in charge will use it as it was intended to be used. And so well, that, and, well, to take it one step further, too, on, on your reasoning, Scott, the parents of those children that go to private school pay taxes, and those taxes like go it. to fund public schools even right. though their children aren't in public schools. Right. So, right. so they're, and, they're and, entitled and, to that money too. And those parents, they buy groceries, they buy That's all right. kinds of things. So, mm-hmm. so we are going to provide grants to both public and private. We have to secure these schools. Um, and, and, and so what, what, Ms. Hickman said, what Ms. Hickman said is we hope they use the money correctly. Well, that's where we are putting a Homeland Security officer by the state, not the federal, but by the state, whose job will be to work with local law enforcement and our school systems and our private schools to do threat assessments on every school in the state of Tennessee, especially like in Murray County. We'll have a Homeland Security agent that will go to each school, and they will do threat assessments to make sure that, hey, here's the priority list on how to harden these schools. When you get the grant money from the state, here's what you use it for. And a lot of the schools in Murray County already have some safety Mm -hmm. things that my dad did when he was director of schools, like changing the entrance. You have to show your ID through Raptor and and all that, and that's very Mm -hmm. important. And so we are doing – and then – and this is what this was a controversial one. And, and here's the and, and the bill we passed. So that's basically what that does too. We passed in committee this year, this week, a very controversial bill. And I've been I've been going in my head back and forth on this for for four years up there because it's been run every year. But I think Covenant showed us that we have to do something here. Well, this may be a turning point for the whole nation. Yes. Well, so here's the here's the bill that we passed. And I looked at this and. Uh, I wish I wish we had Sheriff Roland sitting here, but to put an SRO, which is a deputy, right? Yeah. In every school in the state of Tennessee, there's 147 school systems in the state of Tennessee, thousands of schools, thousands of schools, and not every county is like Murray County already has SROs. It's going to take us years and years to get SROs in all these schools. Yeah, we've got to cultivate them. So we've got to figure out, and, and this is the bill we passed, and it's controversial, I know this, but I, I think it's right now correct, is if a teacher or an administrator or a coach, whatever, they want to be armed to protect the children in our schools, we allowed them to do it. And here's the reason. Now, here's the kicker, though. <laughs> they have to go through the 40 hours of post-certified training like our deputies do. Mm-hmm. They have to go through uh, ongoing um, evaluations every year to make sure that they can can fire the weapon properly. They have to pass a psychological evaluation. They have to be signed off by the sheriff. They have to be signed off by the uh, superintendent of the schools. The principal has to be notified of who in their school is carrying. They have to keep the firearm on them at all times concealed, not open carry. And, and on and on and on. So we've made it very, very restrictive. Other states have just said, if you're a if you're a citizen and you want to, if you're a teacher and you want to carry, you can carry with mm-hmm. no formal training. We have the problem is we have an issue right now in our schools of security. It's going to t- now Murray County is different. And if Sheriff Roland and the superintendent don't want to allow the teachers to carry, that's up to them. That's fine. Yeah. But there are districts out there that are going to take a long time to be able to find SROs that we have to give them the ability to secure their homes. And so if those sheriffs and those superintendents feel like this is an option, 
they can take advantage of it. It's a permissive bill, but it gives them some options, especially our private schools can do it already because they, they're not, they're not under, under bound what we say. Uh, so private schools mostly have security teams already on, on in force. All right. So what this bill is saying, it's not saying it's just giving the districts the power to do this. If they so desire. If they so desire. Correct. And it comes down to the sheriff and the superintendent of schools. You know, whether they want to do it or not. Well, it sounds like it's being done responsibly. I mean, well, you know, the guy's got to, the guy or gal has to go through yeah. all kind of hoops and evaluations. You'd and, have to be serious about it. Yes. Yeah. It wouldn't be a flippant yeah, it's decision. Not, and no, this is, this is not intended for someone who just wants to just carry. No. You have to go, I mean, you have to pass a, a psychological evaluation. I mean, it's the 40 hours of post-certified training. You have to be certified on the range. You have to be, you have to, Sheriff Roland has to sign off on you. Yeah. Well, I've no sheriff's going to sign off on anybody that's going to put him it. in danger. Because <laughs> if you sign, it, once the sheriff signs off on these people, then liability shifts to the to, to, to the county. Yeah. Because the sheriff has said you're okay. So it, it, it is a short term solution to a long term problem. Yeah. And we think what'll happen is a lot of the rural counties will take advantage of it right away get people trained who want to be trained and then as the money flows and as they start to find the SROs you might see these people transition then out of the school if they so desire but yeah. but we we got we got to solve this right now our schools are very vulnerable and that's what's happened and then yesterday oh so what happened yesterday so <laughs> he, he, I'm sorry Sheila I couldn't help it <laughs> did so, anything happen yesterday <laughs> so a week ago today uh, three members uh, went to the floor of the General Assembly unrecognized. They broke the rules. They put their their ideas and their constituents above everybody else's, and they took control of the House of Representatives. And you cannot do that because the people that I represent in Murray County are just as pe- just as important as the people that Tipton County representative represents or Davidson County. We're all equal up there. Right, our wishes are all equal. I don't get to go to the well when I'm angry, and take over the House of Representatives, and that's what those three members did. And so we took a vote yesterday to expel. We did expel two of them. Uh, if you watched the video, uh, Justin Jones and Justin Pearson were expelled by the General Assembly uh, because of taking the blowhorn, the, the bullhorn, uh, to to the well and inciting the people to. Uh, basically stop the proceedings and we can't have that there there's a way to do things there's a committee process there's an appeal process there are rules of the house that we all have to play under or else it just breaks into anarchy um and so those those two members were were expelled gloria johnson was the third member in there um she was just as guilty as the other two um there were other things that that representative johnson did that were not on camera that I personally witnessed, and that's why I voted to expel her too. Um, but she she survived by one vote. There were four four Republicans that flipped their vote. Uh, they had told uh, uh, other members that I heard that they were going to vote yes to expel her, and then they flipped their vote right at the last second, and she survived expulsion. Um, the problem we have is in her act of contrition in the well she she provided for us, now she is spinning the whole thing as, and I, and I saw it when I walked out yesterday, folks. 
the, 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 the two young African-American legislators who led this big uprising, and you can call it whatever you want, but it was, to take over the House. They were expelled. And when they asked Representative Johnson why she survived, the first words out of her mouth were, well, I guess it's because I'm a 60-year-old white woman and they were two African-American young men. Yeah, that, that will be a... She spun it to racism yeah. right away, and it had nothing to do with racism. It had to do with three individuals taking away my ability to represent you in Murray County. And that's what happened. And you cannot do that on the House House of Representatives floor because we have a job to do there. And and whatever your issue is, it cannot be more important than everybody's issue that they represent. Three representatives who represent about 200,000 people in Tennessee on that day silenced the voice of 6.8 million Tennesseans cannot do that so they they were expelled metro nashville has already said they're going to spend representative jones back up there when he comes back up as a representative the slate will be white clean and he will start over and, and if he and if he abides by the rules of the house and art he's a very articulate young man and so is representative pearson they're very articulate very well spoken um uh, they'll be I, I would not like to go in and have to debate them they're they're tough if they will use that skill for for representing the people, people the people and the values of those of their people not a little bitty group but the values of who they represent the best they can that they might be able to get things accomplished and people have already asked me this I said no if they if they're appointed to come back up here it's a clean slate for me because they've already been punished for what they did mm-hmm. now if you come back up and you show true contrition and you want to work with us and work in the system that's been established for 225 years, then you might be successful here. We will determine if whether or not when they come back that they want to act under those rules or they want to continue on the path they are. Yeah. And there you have it. And that's what happened yesterday. Well, and... Uh, so uh, we have um, the budget now is starting to form. Um, I did make the financial request for the Miracle League here in Murray, in Murray County. Um, I've asked the state to come up with $250,000 to try to finish that project for us. Good. Um, that's a big project. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very proud to be able to make that presentation. Um, I'm hoping that I can find the uh, the blessings of the finance committee to make that happen for these children. I think it'd be a really cool addition to to Murray County Park to be able to go out there and see these children have the opportunity to participate and play baseball, and also have a playground that they can go ahead and enjoy too. So we're working on that. It'll be a cool facility. It yeah. is. It is yeah. a cool facility. I've been in mm-hmm. some meetings about drawings and what they look like, and, and, and it's going to be a very mm-hmm. awesome, all-inclusive, everyone can enjoy mm-hmm. it, and it, it will be a much, it's a much-needed thing in our mm-hmm. community. And you want any grants for it? Mm-hmm. And or, then, any grants yeah. available for there, it? Where we're working on Gotcha. Stuff. There is. I'll be talking to you about it. I found out today from uh, DIDD. That there might be a grant to help us out if, if, if we can't fund it through the state. Cool. Uh, the other thing is, I'm going to give a quick update. People keep asking me about this about the Ag Center. The Ag Center, the Ag Center is <laughs> not the Ag Center is not dead. I am um, working through our congressman. Right